0: and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your Spirit Guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at 7 Grand, we had doers in the house. Gabe Cardarella, old friend, educating us on the Aberfeldy 12, the Aberfeldy 21, doers 18, and the outstanding doers 25. Oh my goodness. Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means don't get super drunk and start yelling at your neighbors for no reason.
1: Whoa! That
0: was a little shaky. I'm a little shaky. I'm a little, I'm a little, I got a little threadbare today, I think, right? This is, uh, oh! This is tasting number five out of six this week, and it's only Thursday. Ooh. Good thing you didn't say today. Not today. <laughs> I haven't had a drop yet. But let me tell you, my liver's like clapping even faster than you guys were right now, like, yeah, here comes the whiskey. I can smell it. Um, that's my liver voice. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Whiskey Society, everyone. We're doing two back to back tonight. Um, whiskey extravaganza is in town, so there's a, an abundance of brand ambassadors. Of in town, yes, suppose, yeah. that's right. And very little sleep and a lot of drinking going down. <laughs> and uh, tonight we have a, an old friend of ours. Like we realized, we've been doing this now together for almost ten years.
1: Right, it's ridiculous. We're old for me uh, in August. Eleven
0: for me. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But please give it up for Mr. Gabe Cardarella from Doers and Aberfeldy. (laughs) Thanks,
1: guys. Appreciate it very much.
0: And Doers, Doers is one of the most famous blends in the world. Give us like, what's the origin story
1: here? I like the way you say that. The way I kind of put it is, you can't tell the history of whiskey without talking about Zours, you know, and what I love about being an ambassador for Zuros whiskey is it's not only to share the intrinsic value to our whiskey, but also my job is a bit of a raconteur, you know? And I think I think I love that about Zuros is you, is everything I say is true when talking about Zuros. You know, it's not like, all right, Gabe, here's our marketing plan for this year. Go say these things. Uh, and it's not that. It's it's sharing kind of a really amazing story about whiskey and kind of my mantra, and I'm sure most of you here would agree with this since you're taking a time out of your Thursday to come here and taste whiskeys is that good whiskey becomes great when you're sharing it with good people over good stories. That's just the truth, and it really doesn't really necessarily matter what it is. But with Dewar's, it's amazing to share this great story about our whiskey over our great great whiskeys themselves. So I hope tonight is kind of a bit of that. I hope it is a bit more of a conversation uh, over great scotch and that we all kind of leave here a bit more close as friends. But um, yeah, we've got some nice juice. And the history is really, really nice. And we're starting out with, with one of our are beautiful whiskeys. And I'm happy to talk a bit about... Let me talk a bit about John and Tommy. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Because I love telling and stories it's, about it's, these folks.
0: You guys are located right in the heart of whiskey heaven, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of our
1: spiritual home for doers. kind of sits in what I describe as if we're Bob Ross were to paint a Harry Potter scene. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's literally... Literally... literally <laughs> In Day's imagination. Oh, yeah. Day's just perked yeah, out the back emperor. there. She's oh, yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah, Give yeah. her a second; she'll come back in in costumes. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it is a gorgeous place, um, and it is it is really known as the heart of of kind of Scotland. This place, and and where this sits is not far where John Dewar was born in a town called Shenville, and he decided to not only help pioneer the art of making whiskey consistent by way of blending. But when he started to see some early success after opening up his wine and spirit store in 1846, two of his nine children said, "You know, Dad, I think you're on to something here. But we have your entrepreneurial spirit you, as well. We would like to help out in the business." And his, his son John Alexander, John Jr., decided, who became kind of the running the operations of the day-to-day business, decided to say, "Look, you know, as you guys all know, his blended whiskies still to this day is a bit of an incestuous industry by some regard, for lack of a better word, because." You know, of the well over 100 operating distilleries in Scotland, we were using up to 40 of them. And at that point, they decided to control some of that liquid. And it said in 1896, let's build our own distillery. And not only let's do that, but it just so happens that not far from where you were born, there happens to be a very famous site where folks would come from all over the world to pan for gold. And this was on the Petili Burn off the River Tay. And this is in the town of Aberfeldy. And that is where they decided to commission their very first distillery in 1896. And two years later, spirits started to run from the stills there. And that was a really big moment for Dewar's to really start to have the opportunity to control some of this liquid that would then go into their blends. Because the following year, the best selling blended whiskey today in that category was launched. Anybody have any idea what that was? It's a Dewar's whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dewar's White Label. Yes. Right? People always say, Gabe, Dewar's are let less whiskey your grandfather drink. You know what I always say? You're damn right it is. <laughs> you're, you're damn right it is. And I don't know if you know this, but Canadian Club, you ever see their old damn right your dad drink it" campaign? Ah, yes. Oh, my God, it was brilliant. They had this, uh, and I wish it was a Dewar's thing, because we, we have the same, we share the same passion for our whiskeys in history. It would be like hippies in bell bottoms with long hair and uh, bandanas on their head, and uh, they would be loading hey. band equipment out of a Volkswagen bus and said, damn right your dad was in a band. You know, it's like Dewar's celebrates this history since 1899 that had folks like Andrew Carnegie, the Lipton's, uh, President Harrison drinking Dewar's whiskey, which made it one of the coolest whiskeys of its time that were even available from another part of the world in America. So that really set the pace to have a whiskey that would then be part of the Dewar's blended Scots whiskey that were then responsible for his younger brother, Tommy's global success. So Aberfeldy really is a spiritual home somebody have a question or are you just looking for looking for some more whiskey to say it's coming it's coming where's mine where's mine um so what's coming out now i believe this is aberfeldy 12 correct yes so as you said this whiskey the things that we focus on with aberfeldy was to let's make a whiskey that is um for what i say actually bridges the gap for a lot of bourbon drinkers quite nicely and chime in whenever whenever you're ready because you certainly know these whiskeys as well as i do is We strive to make Aberfeldy, a whiskey that for a highland space side whiskey, where not a lot of whiskeys are even at in this particular part of the highlands anymore, just north of Perth, uh, is with long fermentation, 16 foot stills, a water source that is famously a site for panning for gold, which really is a special place for us. This whiskey is meant to be something that isn't peated by, you can tell right away on the nose, 100% Scottish barley, cheers my friend, Um, Mostly aged in American oak cast, but of course, you can tell right away by the color, we do use some sherry cast whiskey. We want something that is honeyed, that is a bit delicate, and you'll see with age, certainly becomes big and chewy. But at the time, they wanted to make something that would lend ability to blending Dewar's whiskeys. which when you taste our portfolio, you'll notice that we strive to make a whiskey that is a bit more akin to your Highland Side blended style, right? We're using orchard fruits in our whiskeys, apples, oranges, raisins, pears. With Aberfeldy, at the backbone of all the nose and all the finishes of our whiskey is what it comes big on this whiskey. Honey, Aberfeldy really has a beautiful honey characteristic to it, more so than I think a lot of single malt Scotch.
0: Now, when Doers started off, you started off as a blending house, or did they start off just
1: doing single malts locally, like we, when they were in, the, in the 1890s when they first started? John Doer had one goal in mind, and you know that prior to 18 mid 1800s people were drinking Irish whiskey and cognac. You know? Oh, yeah. Nobody oh, yeah. was drinking single malt scotch. They were sending it down, you know, to, you know, thanks to the Excise Act, they were sending it to things, to London to be rectified into other things still. And the single malt whiskey that they were creating, it was starting to become nice, but it wasn't nice enough for folks to pay the premium over the illicit stuff that you could find uh, from, you know, the Scotsman running out those tiny pot stills in places like Altmore, etc. Yeah, yeah. um, so John's goal was to get people drinking scotch. And he had the idea to... Leave his life of a farming community to go work with his uncle in his blending house and he had his own wine and spirits and he became a mm-hmm. joiner uh, with his uncle and his uncle was lucky enough or he was lucky enough to have his uncle partner with him and then he parted ways in 1846 and opened up his own store in Perth where he applied what he learned as a joiner to whiskey so he was using everyone else's and that right. was kind of when his son said well let's 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 get in it let's start to really get involved and build our own Now did the original distillery have any column stills in it, it was all pasto. Yeah, it was all pot. Uh-huh. it was all pot stills. Now, actually, what they did is there was a Kregelicky distillery. Right. Or not Kregelicky. Excuse me. That's obviously one of our other beautiful whiskies. But uh, I'm thinking the Patili Burn had a distillery north of it called the Patili Distillery, which is kind of where they modeled their, their stills, their early stills after. Today, made by the Abercrombie St- uh, Still Company, um, we still use those same kind of modeled stills as the early 1900s. They were redone in the 1970s. Uh, With the Nauerts, so two pot, excuse me, two, a wash, two spirit, but very tall, thin uh, onion-shaped stills. And Aberfeldy traditionally had always relatively thin, tall stills. But now Dewar's has their own distillery where you do make a blending component, right? Like you do have one of the facilities must have a column still in it, or is it all just the whole operation? We rely on the seven operating grain whiskeys that are available to us in Scotland. We own five single malt distilleries that are always the only consistent thing in Dewar's. The crazy thing to me, and I'm sure you guys agree, Master Blender's job is unbelievably amazing. Stephanie McLeod, one of the few female Master Blenders, who is the Master Blender for Aberfeldy, Altmore, Devrin, uh, Royal Brackla, and Krigelki. Did I say Krigelki already? No? No. Okay, good. Um, These five whiskeys, she's responsible for the consistent character of them. Now, when it comes to doers, our blending lab lives in Glasgow. And this is where we have our own on-site warehouse where she pulls some of the samples and whiskeys that she likes. But obviously, as you know, there's no recipe, right? She's the guardian of our flavor profile and that recipe shifts based on what's available to us. And as more and more people drink brown spirits, say for one of the whiskeys that you'll try tonight, Dewar's 18 year, if one of these distilleries doesn't have 18 plus year old whiskey to give us, she has to find it from somewhere else. So the answer to your question is a bit difficult. Uh, While we do have five whiskeys that do remain always consistent within our whiskeys, Um, there's no such thing as a recipe for Dewar's. Our style is always protected by Stephanie. And this Aberfeldy 12, it's one of the
0: 40 whiskeys that will then be blended into that Dewar's white label.
1: Yeah, so Dewar's, which we'll get into, our double aging process allows us to kind of shift away for, when you know as blended whiskeys, we use single malt whiskey and grain whiskey within our blends. Now, most blended scotch is, you know, mostly 70 or so odd percent of that is grain whiskey and the rest being left to the malt. Because of a process that we pioneered, Double Aging, which our first master blender, AJ Cameron, who John hired, decided to vat the malts by region, let them rest, and then com- finish the blend. Wow. So what we do now is we continue that tradition, which we call it marrying. Today we call it Double Aging, is we take these up to 40 different whiskeys, we blend them, we don't bottle yet. We let them rest in exhausted casts. So this isn't a finishing, mm-hmm. right? So we let them rest in these exhausted casts, which allows us to not only use a higher malt component, because as you know, when you blend whiskey and you got mostly malts within that or a lot more malts, these malts can be bullies, you know, like some more bigger in carrots, especially with age. That also allows doers to use some overage whiskeys as well. Whereas a lot of whiskeys with age statements, maybe two years, they'll skew above. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about some of our premium older whiskeys, we skew well above these two years. We're talking four or five, six years above because that blending process and marrying process allows us to almost, you know, harmonize these whiskeys. My example is, is any, anybody here from Midwest, like Ohio-ish area? I'm from Ohio. Boo, go blue. Okay. Sorry. Oh, my. See <laughs> about that? Oh, my. So feisty.
0: We haven't even started drinking. We're already feisty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give her whiskey back to me, please? She's got a whiskey. Okay. We'll get, we'll get into it. My point is, is it's this time of year. My friends keep sending me messages like, hey, man, I hope you're having fun in L.A. because it's, it's, it's freezing rain right now. It's chilly season. And a great way to think about this, our master blender would yell at me. She, she knew I was giving this example. But... Um, chili when is chili its best it's the next day and it's because these flavors have had time to fuse together and become really really nice and perfect and double aging's idea is giving the whiskey the opportunity for it to balance it takes about three to six extra months and it gives it the opportunity for it to all just kind of the older whiskey that could bully to level out and just really give you this bouquet mm-hmm. that is much more complex and i love that and i think it's a process that works it's not a marketing gimmick every blended whiskey's done it and it doesn't re- you're not required to but we pioneer and we believe it and it's science it's, it's what you're yeah. having in that time of resting
0: is that the short chain tannins from all those whiskeys are, are going to slowly bond to each other and create long chain tannins which give us those really lengthy flavors those that linger that architecture on your tongue that's what we consider a long finish that
1: comes from resting the whiskey you're absolutely you absolutely can't right.
0: you can't cheat mother nature
1: no you're absolutely and it takes time and it's one of those things that we don't try to push it, no matter the time and expense. Stephanie believes in it, and I think we'll always do it, and I think it's really yeah, nice. Stephanie believes in it too. You believe in it? <laughs> Any other <laughs> Stephanie's in the room that believe in us? Um so That's great, let's yeah. try
0: this Aberfeldy 12. Everyone stick yeah. your nose in the glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, and share your opinion. This is a community forum, a chance for you to better identify with your own palate, but also learn about other people's
1: palates. So what are you guys getting? I get like sweet grass. Sweet grass. Glass. It's funny, Dave Broom once taught me, he said, you know, Gabe, rather than maybe always try to think of an aroma, is it when you close your eyes and you know this, is it a time of year that you can think of? Oh, that's good. I love that. You know what I mean? Because if it's like, say, with, when you get to Aberfeldy 21, I know exactly what it'll make you think of, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But, you know, is it grass, like fresh cut grass is when the spring seasons start to arrive, or is it floral notes, you know? Uh, is, it, is it citrusy, which would be maybe more of a summer type of place? Uh, and then, you know, toasted oak is like fireplace type things. And then he mm-hmm. said, okay, if you, if you struggle with that, is it indoor or outdoor stuff that you're smelling? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the best tasting notes in the world are ones that remind you of a, of a time. You know, like those are incredible. And Charlie McLean, I think, does that the best. He'll tell you this is like a 1970s cutlass supreme. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, but the yeah. fact that he says those makes you really believe in it. And uh, that's the fun part with whiskey. Yeah, you know, whatever know gets me. you there. Yeah. What,
0: whatever reminds you of something that's real, you know, brings, brings you into your own history. It gives you a sense of place within your own life. Indeed. Indeed. Each one of them should have a bit of a story. So tap it over your tongue, guys. What are you guys getting back there? Come on. Most professional tasters are women, so don't be shy. I see you guys.
1: And there's no wrong answer. I mean, yeah, yeah, we don't want you to say like gym socks or anything, of course. But, uh, oh, but you should find that with we, with these. <laughs> I mean, you could yeah, if you said it tasted like you know Michigan Wolverines, I'd probably not appreciate that either. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's, like, it's sweet, so it's yeah. like the Buckeyes. Oh, oh God! <laughs> wow! Wow! We're so, well, so, but it is. Ow. It is. I think we'd all agree that it's got a sweetness with just this beautiful little spice to it that I find with Aberfeldy. I love it. I love the fact that it's got this really nice sweet forward. Honey, of course, is just one of these key indicators it's with like this whiskey. Red pudding. I love that. Cinnamon. Yeah.
0: And honey and yeah, graham cracker. That's really good. That's exactly it. I'm getting a honey graham cracker.
1: While we're on Aberfeldy, uh, Una, raise your hand if you don't mind for me really quick. This is Una back here. She actually looks after our Singamall portfolio here locally. So if you do love these whiskeys, uh, you want to talk to her because she's got a whole portfolio of them that she'd love to share with you sometime I'm sure so thanks for coming in and let me talk about your your beautiful whiskey here
0: yeah. Um, so, Una, how much, if I was going to buy a bottle of the Aberfeldy 12 from my home bar, how much would this run me at my local liquor store? I so this is about, about $32. $32 for a 12-year-old scotch.
1: That's not bad at all. That's really, I'd, really. I'd, I'd get into bed with that. Right? <laughs> Come on, mama. Let's do this. It's a whiskey that agrees with everyone, you know what I mean? Like, No matter what type of whiskey drinker you may be, uh, if you were to introduce somebody to Aberfeldy, uh, I think that they would probably want this to be part of their repertoire mm. of whiskey because whether you're bourbon, it bridges the gap with a lot of that sweetness, uh, and it just stands up to some really premium stuff, even at a 12-year, which is a more medium-bodied mm. whiskey, I think. But Oh, it's, it's got just, a really full mouthfeel? Yeah, for 12 years, this whiskey really stands up quite nicely wow. to this a lot of stuff. This would be a style. great daily sipper. For 32 bucks a bottle, You could. this is like table whiskey. Yeah, and you, if you look at even the pack of Aberfeldy, which we redid in about 2014, you can see that we've, we even give you these clues and indicators to the, the golden water source that we use at Aberfeldy, uh, the Petili Burn, A really beautiful place, no doubt. Right on. It is really gorgeous. Yep. scotch. Damn. Wait, so yeah. you, the 21, um, honestly, the 21 will blow. Away. I actually, when we had the 21, when we were talking about how we should taste these, I was like, man, the 21, it's like I almost want to save it for last because the people might just be like, man, I don't know. This one's still, I'm tasting it even through the door Well, we can do that. Yeah. You've,
0: we've. <laughs> What I would suggest is perhaps we are going, we're about to taste the Aberfeldy 21, but you might want to set it aside. And then after we get through the other couple, yeah, right. (laughs) During, after we get through the next couple marks, you might want to go back to it and just remind yourself because it's really rare. This 12 on the 12 though, I'm getting a nice like green apple on the finish.
1: Which yeah, I, I'm not fruits. really
0: getting on the front edge, but the fruit comes through late.
1: 40, 40. 40%. Across the board tonight, you're, these will all be 40 Easy sipper. Yeah, easy, easy sipper. sipper. And I mean, you can tell by the color comparatively to a lot of these other whiskeys. I mean, and if you look at the bottle, the 12 year, again, mostly American Oak, ex bourbon, but we do use some second, third fill sherry with the mix. Right nice. on.
0: <laughs> and Aberfeldy itself, like how, what's the output you guys are cranking out of here for as a single mall as opposed to? How much are you selling to the blending? So we're looking at like, it's so
1: four, about 4 million liters per year. Um, so it's not small, it, no. it's certainly not Macallan, <laughs> right. But, um, we absolutely 90% of all of our facilities are putting out most of this for blended our blended whiskey. However, um, you know, you obviously know some of the challenges with age statements and NAS whiskeys due to those challenges. We're very committed to our age statements. So we have pulled back some of those leases to make whiskey for blending. Uh, cheers. Thank you very much uh, for the malt portfolio to not only innovate and release new marks like Aberfeldy 16, which is finished in Oloroso, uh, and all kinds of new innovation coming to the malt. So we're very committed to our age statement. So our stock for the malt bottlings is very high, but still available to our Dewar's house for blends, uh, abundantly. We do do some single, uh, single cast bottlings within Scotland. So you got to get there, uh, and go to our distilleries to get some of the stuff that we do from the cast. And then uh, our travel retail partners will have some of those, uh, but we're always looking to bring new stuff to market. So certainly keep an eye out for Aberfeldies, whether it be single cast releases, special hire. Uh, Duty in- free at Heathrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. World of Whiskey. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this is 21. Everybody's got one? Whoa. Everyone's
0: got the 21, right? So we're stepping up the bar really fast here, guys. So we just took a big jump from 12 to 21.
1: Big brother now. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. So stick your nose in this glass, breathing gently through your mouth. Day, what are you getting on this one? Um, it's like wet wood and lemon drops. <laughs> wet wood and lemon drops. It's beautiful. I like the lemon. That's, that's
1: yeah. Cucumber and, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: cucumber and green cherries. <laughs> cucumber and green <laughs> cherries. <cute>. Salted cucumber for sure. Salted cucumber and green cherries. Wow. I don't even know what a green cherry tastes like. I like a like, cucumber. Wow, that there is a very verdant green note. Yeah, very so green. How can that be? Where where would those notes come from? Is that coming from the barrel or is just a confluence of the distillate in time? Or? So,
1: I mean, we're getting a lot more congeners with our 70-hour fermentation time. That's a long fermentation. That's a long fermentation time. It far exceeds a lot of the averages for folks. Uh, we've got very tall, thin stills, right? So again, 16-foot stills, so we're refluxing a lot of the heavier stuff. Um, and then, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, looking at 70% of that is all of the casts that we're using. Um, but it is very green. The cucumber, I love. Whoever said that was that. It was you that said that. Yeah, and, and salted cucumber. Yeah, I really like that. It's great. 21-year-old single malt scotch. Una,
0: what is this going to run me at the liquor store? Oh. I mean, well,
1: the 21 is about, what, like 150 or so? Yeah, yeah, 130 to 150 uh, for 21. Still very fair and reasonable, isn't it? Well, I always like to say, like,
0: when it comes to single malt scotch, if you're paying less than $10 a year for it to be caretaken by a master blender and a whole team of, of you know, Expensive. whiskey makers, 21 years and then it gets delivered there. all the way to America and all the way to your hand.
1: Yeah. Pay for what you you, get yeah, yeah, you,
0: you paid less than $10 a year for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think you're
1: doing all right. This is much less than yeah. that. And what I love about you across the board with our, with our whiskeys, Uh, it's, look, it's, it's an old whiskey and I don't have 21 years, you know, it's a lot of blenders will be very careful with those casts because 21 plus years is when your whiskey continues to improve or continues to get very oaky. Right. So in this case, this green note still available is pretty wild. Yeah, You know, to have a whiskey almost, it's not a whiskey you chew on, it doesn't come out your ears, but it does stick around for some time, but it still stays fresh as it sticks around. So to have that and our master blender really achieved that, I think is Quite a thing, and it's not a whiskey that you would taste. It's esoteric and sense of character. I think for twenty-one year old whiskey, definitely not over oaked. No, it's there, right? But for twenty-one years, of course, it's there. You know, it's of soft on the back of your palate. It's really, really nice. Really beautiful whiskey. Gorgeous. You guys like the sure. twenty-one? It yeah, it's, it's excellent scotch, isn't it? Definitely beautiful. Definitely. Like so, that's Aberfeldy. It's a Gaelic word, right? A lot of these places in Scotland are, are you know, Aber. A lot of single malts. Most single malts. Are named after places in Scotland. And Aberfeldy is a Gaelic word uh and it means pool of the water god. So you can tell how much they uh they revered this water source that where felt is made. That's really cool. Yeah. I did not know that one. So Stephanie's coming around now with the doers 18. Is that possible? Wow. So this is honestly, it's like people always ask me, I'm sure they ask you guys too, is what's your favorite whiskey? I'm like, I don't know. How many, do you have any kids? They're like, yeah, I've got four. I'm like, do you have a favorite? <laughs> Sometimes they're like, yes, yeah, my daughter, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like all right, my I'll daughter- leave you and your wife to fight about this <laughs> now, you
0: know? But uh, that, that, if that kid's going to need, or the other kids are going to need therapy yeah, later it's on.
1: Like, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like within our portfolio, like I, 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 when somebody asked me that, I started to ask, well, if I had to choose, what, what would be that basis for favorite, you know? And, and for me, I you know it's about occasion is my favorite, the favorite for the moment. Dewar's White Label is my kitchen whiskey. You know what I mean? Like that is the whiskey that I love with soda. I love Dewar's White Label and sodas. And I love it with a lot of ice too, but Dewar's White Label and soda, it's almost like, I don't know, as chicken is to waffles. It just works. It's like it's, that whiskey is a classic. meant for it. It's yeah. a classic sipper. Yeah. Andrew wanted me
0: to tell the story. I, I had bartended years ago. Um, I did a lot of private bartending gigs at like, House parties in the hill. I the
1: stories from you last time I was here. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was. <laughs> oh, this was, is a good one. <laughs> no, no. I was bartending a, um, a, a a small little wedding rehearsal dinner. And one of the guests was Bob Dylan's mom. Oh. oh and yeah, this, he, this sweet is old, the the sweet old lady shows up. And, and I was like, oh my God, it's like the mother of God. You know, I, whatever I can get you, I'm going to get you. She's like, I want Doers White Label. And I was like, I've got it. I did not have it. I had to like run out the back door, call Yummy, poor lady, it took me like 45 minutes to get the lady a glass of the scotch that she wanted, but that was what she wanted. The one thing she wanted to sip on was a little bit of Dewar's White Label, and I like I had to make it happen. But
1: it's such a brilliant- And here's the lesson to learn from this. You guys always keep Dewar's White Label on hand because you never know when a famous rock star's mom's going to (laughs) come (laughs) around. That's incredible. You know, the, the, the folks that love Dewar's White Label, they are loyal drinkers to Dewar's White Label. Look, we do about a million cases a year of Dewar's White Label. Right? Like we, It is the bread and butter of the best-selling whiskey in the United States. It is, which uh, we, we are a, a Americana, in a sense, more than a lot of American whiskeys. And it is a lot of folks that love that. And Dewar's White Label, it just belongs at a bar because it is that classic. It is iconic classic whiskey, and it is a really fantastic one. Now, with this particular whiskey, when you get into some of our higher-marked double-aged whiskeys, Dewar's 12, 15, and this special one that I brought you all, two special blends of ours, yours 18. What I love about 18 is at 18 years, this whiskey doesn't just fade away, right? It doesn't go, okay, I tasted it, but it's, it's fading, it's going away. Um, and it, it doesn't come out your ears, like it's not a you know, whiskey you would taste at work tomorrow at the end of the day, but what it does do is when you taste it, every time I taste folks on it, I always look out and I see people's lips smacking together because mm. it's like sticky in the front. And it just grows and develops and shifts and changes. And look, if you're blending up to 40 different whiskeys and you're taking the time to double age them, 18 to 25 plus perhaps whiskeys in there, you want it to be interesting. And the way I kind of, I describe it is, think of it like a bouquet of flowers, All right, If you take a bouquet of roses, it smells fantastic, but it just smells like roses. Now if you took a bouquet from every part of this country and you were to have that and smell it, you'd find yourself, coming back to it a lot more often because it's just more interesting. It's a and Duers lot more variance. Has that. Dewar's 18 has that variance that for me, for a bottle of whiskey that's 60 bucks for an 18-year-old whiskey, 60 to 70 depending where you are, is this whiskey competes with, I don't care who you are. And people come up to me, like I was in San Francisco doing Whiskey Fest up there. Uh, Dewar's, uh, I don't drink Dewar's, I drink single malts. What single malts do you have? I was like, I've got just the whiskey for you. And they'll hand me their glass and I'll duck underneath our little booth <laughs> I'll pour him Dewar's 18 and I'll be like, and here you are, sir, you know, here's your whiskey. He'll taste it and be like, that's actually really amazing, you know, I'll be like, what single malt is that? Like, it's <laughs> He's like, I get what you're doing here. He's yeah, yeah, right. like, yeah. like, and it's nice. And honestly, if you could blind taste, I think a lot of our whiskeys in our portfolio uh, and remove all that advertising and marketing, I mean, Dewar's is the most awarded blended scotch whiskey in the world. And now that, while that might sound like some, again, some kind of marketing thing that I'm telling you, what's interesting about Scotch Awards or Whiskey Awards or Spirits Awards in general is they're blind, right? Right. They have no idea whose whiskey it is that they're tasting. They just know it's an 18-year-old whiskey that's a blend from Scotland. And they're consistently picking doers to be their favorite, and obviously and I, has- I can see why. Because a lot of
0: times in blends, there's a, a certain astringency, right? When you stick your nose in the glass, you can tell it's a blend. You get that kind of the grain alcohol sticks through, and it's so clean that it kind of pushes other flavors aside. Mm-hmm. This is full though. Absolutely, it's not. You don't get that blending component. The grain whiskey's not jumping out of you at all. Yeah, you could totally fool someone and say, "Here's
1: your single malt right here," because it's so rich. Yeah, it's big. It's rich, and our master blender Stephanie's. Tasting note for it, I love. She says barrel-aged marzipan, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, which I think is really that cool. That is brilliant. That's yeah. really good. What is the percentage of uh, grain versus? Small? So we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I touched on it, but I did not mention the percentage. Now, while there's no recipe, correct? With our premium malts, you know, we are looking at more seventy percent of that. Uh, in or, excuse me, with most blended whiskies, about seventy percent of that being grain whiskey. In our case, we shift to more about the sixty percent of that being grain whiskey, and leaving a remaining for the character of our single malts. And that's thanks to our double aging process. And specialty.
0: again, when you have an age statement on the bottle, that means the youngest whiskey in this bottle is 18 years. And so even a grain whiskey at that point, which means a whiskey that's going into the barrel at a higher proof. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, the de- definitive for grain whiskey is basically it's coming off the still at a higher proof. It's more like vodka. But if you age that vodka like spirit, in a barrel for 18 years, it's going to take on a totally different character. You're not going to, it's not going to be naked anymore. You're going to lose that identity of like, what is that? Essentially a a lighter, a much lighter spirit. It's going to get a lot of body from the
1: barrel. Yeah. It's almost like grain whiskey is a glue uh, for the other single malts. It's a base that offers you an opportunity to layer the other whiskeys very well and help fuse them, their character together. Um, So by law, you must do that. You must use both but they also do play a role in helping the single malts kind of get along more or less. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all at least 18 years old in there, no matter where, what kind of stills it is, you know, or ingredients. Yeah. So
0: tap some over your tongue, guys, and share your experience. No wrong answers. What
1: are you guys getting? The, mm. the lemon, what would, the, you said with the last one your, I loved your tasting note for that. And I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this
0: one. Oh, I'm now on spot.
1: Take your time. We'll come back. It's all right. Okay, great. Great. Yeah, let let day have her thing here. She's is got. Anything to, she's got to work tonight. Out? Any any vintage cars for anybody? Or I'm
0: getting lemon custard on this one. Like I love that. A, like it's. it's
1: a bottle
0: tea board oh my! <laughs> it's very.
1: There's a lot of dessert notes within mm-hmm. this whiskey. Mm-hmm. I think. There's a lot of chocolate. Almost like, coconut when you finish, which is great. I love uh, that. The beginning is very molten, so it's kind of. Traditional. And a lot of the coconut is you know your American cast as well, your ex bourbon cast that are showing themselves a little bit.
0: I'm getting a floral note as well, like honeysuckle. Mm.
1: That's really good. What are thoughts on this Can't one? Do we go. like it? It's really nice whiskey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's a whiskey that I would put against uh, you know many many other whiskeys that are uh, eighteen years, whether it be single malt or blended whiskey, or no matter where it is in the world. It's just a really really beautiful whiskey, and I just love that it just sits and develops on your palate. You know, one sip of this does not disappear immediately. You ready? Is, what I, do you got? It's oddly specific. It tastes like um, the cookies you can get at Whole Foods. They're like a chocolate chip with the toffee bits in them.
0: They're really chewy. Whoa! Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Nice day. Nice Have You day. ever considered an apprenticeship in blending? <laughs> she she is considering that. Believe me. Yeah. They're trying to steal her every day. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's a very cute palette. Uh, Una, uh, well, uni, Una, uh, Uni. Thinking about sushi. No. Um, uh, Una, what would the
1: 18 run me at the liquor store? So, you're in our blended category now. That's right. That's right. So, I can can help answer that 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 question. While there is is Aberfeldy and all of our beautiful malts within this, which is really unique actually about that, is if you look at our new pack of Doers 18, have a closer look and you can see we are transparent about some of the whiskeys that go into it. Oh, that's cool. So, we give you or folks a peek at some of their favorite malts that make up a component of Doers 18. Uh, And this will run you, as I mentioned, about 60 to 70 bucks retail. Um, That's amazing. So yeah. Aberfeldy, Macduff, Royal, what does
0: that say? Royal Brackla. Brackla. Yeah. Craig Alecky and Altmore. Stephanie, yeah, you, can, you can read it for me here. Oh. I got it. I did it. I read it. It's good. These I'm going to upgrade my prescriptions soon. <laughs> you know you know, it gets bad when you start having to read everything like more than arm's length. Mm-hmm. It's like, go see the
1: guy and get some new yeah. lenses. All right. So then this one, like with... with- with our drink strategy across our, our blended whiskey portfolio, you know, you're getting into now, like, for me, obviously you can discover what she's trying to tell you with a little bit of water when blending. Uh, but I just, I, I struggle with doing anything with this whiskey. You oh. know, it's just, it's delicate but big, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it does stand up very well to, to ice if you do, like, ice within your whiskey. But mm. I always tell people, like, this particular whiskey in our portfolio is one that I would kind of, this is the one that I would enjoy if I were watching a football game. Two ounces of this would probably last me the first quarter. You know, because one sip just hangs out with you for so long. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. It's a great linger. There's always a large sherry component that goes within them. Royal Brackla, one of our distilleries, uses a lot of Oloroso cast to age it. At Aberfeldy, we use both American oak sherry and we do use some Spanish oak sherry to age as well. And the remaining other whiskeys, a combination of both bourbon and that. So you're absolutely right. You get, you can tell that this whiskey has spent some time in sherry with the whiskeys that we use for blending it.
0: Really gorgeous stuff. A great daily sipper and totally affordable for an yeah. 18-year-old. Yeah, we're order. always
1: quite competitive when it comes to pricing, but we do not uh, we do not skimp on our production with our double aging. So I did bring something special. Uh-oh. What would you bring? So the last whiskey that we're going to try is one that we just launched in December. And this is Stephanie's baby. Oh, well, not this Stephanie's baby. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, anyway, t- uh, it's time to it time. Might it, might it
0: might be soon. We'll see, we'll, see. we'll see how you feel about it. So Stephanie McLeod,
1: what she wanted to do... We, she can, wanted to do she wanted to produce like her um, her ultimate expression of blending and double aging <laughs> she wanted to showcase that at 25 years being the youngest whiskey that she could make something still incredibly complex that you know wasn't a whiskey that you could chew on like its predecessor do her signature that whiskey like kind of came out your ears beautiful but she wanted to showcase her ability to take whiskey that exceeded 30 years old at a minimum of 25 and then make it extra special but not make it too huge. Just focusing on the idea of making it interesting, mm-hmm. really interesting, but she didn't even stop there. One of our distilleries, which you, I think you may know, Royal Bracla, because I heard you say it. Royal Bracla is one of our most historical distilleries in Scotland. It's built in 1812 on the same property where Shakespeare wrote about the Corridor Castle in Macbeth. Uh, but this distillery is finished in Firstville Oloroso Cass. So what we decided to do, Stephanie said, when we're done with the cast set in Bracla, disgorge those casts and give them to me because I'm going to finish Dewar's 25 in it. So Dewar's 25, you don't see many blended scotch whiskies finishing and you don't, certainly don't see 25-year-old blended scotch going through a finishing at all. So Dewar's 25, a blend of up to 40 different whiskies, 25 to 30 plus years old, blended, then double-aged for about six months and then finished. Wow. And this is her baby. So yeah, a very special one. Uh, you know, we're very excited about it. This one, it, it's been winning a number of awards, including at San Francisco Wine and Spirits, it took of gold along That's with 18. so cool. And so this is a new expression. Brand new. So has anybody in the room tried the Doers 25 before? All right. No, first time, excellent. We get to share a new experience. It's really cool. It was released in New York in December of last year, uh, and then it's slowly been rolling out to the rest of the markets, uh, across the country and as of recently is available in Los Angeles. And your price on that is about 180 to 200 for 25 year old whiskey. Wow. Yes. yes. Sir. Can you talk a little bit about how a new uh, product like this comes to be in the doer's world? Is this something that I, I know we always think about, um, is all well, uh, kind of probably driven by creative, by the master blender, or is this something that from the market you hear that there's demand for something this old and then you, create it? Or does the master blender say, Hey, I really want to do this. And then the company funds it. Does that, make sense? that it's Great question. It's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of challenging our master blender uh, to kind of flex what they're capable of, but also challenging them with something that they're excited about. And this all was within the idea of the demand for whiskey. And what's great about doers is prior to doers 25 is we had Dewar's signature. However, Dewar's signature lacked an age statement. And we, we always talk about how our stock and our blended malt, our blended portfolio and our malt portfolio is so good that we have commitment to our age statement. So if we have to do a signature without an age statement, well, let's challenge Stephanie to use the stock that we believe in, that we have, to create something special. But obviously giving her the creative Bless control you. to do it. So it is within the demand of whiskey, being what it is, the uh, our transparency with age statements and believing in our, our double aging process and the creativity of our master blender. That's a great question. Really great question. Right on.
0: So let's get some whiskey here. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Cheers. Stephanie. And she's got some for you too.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right, Stephanie. so everyone should have in their glass now a nice, generous taste of the doers twenty-five year. Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, and tell me what you're reminded of. Leather.
1: Leather. All right, you're getting some age now coming through, right, Michael? Dude, I'm still sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I'm getting some tobacco notes. Yeah, sure. like like a smoking lounge. <laughs> tobacco. Earth? Yeah, yeah. Grapes, like nice. Like
0: hmm mhm. I'm getting like a honey and malt in there. Yeah, for sure. I get like chocolatey stuff with the whiskey a
1: little bit. Like milk chocolate, though. Mm. Yeah, like, it's like a Twix bar. A Twix bar. Yeah, that's that's nice. brilliant. The brilliant. It's like milk chocolate, right? <sighs> no, but the nose with this whiskey is interesting because wait till you try it. Um, you'll see how balanced Stephanie made this whiskey. Uh, is It's just as interesting on your palate. Which obviously, your sense of smell, people detecting thousands and thousands of aromas in your in your palate. This one just really moves around quite a bit and reveals itself. It's 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 quite nice on the palate. You know, for 25 whiskey, the smoke you get, but then it checks itself. You know, it says, I don't want it to all be all about this smoky characteristic. No, not at all. The other stuff kind of like, it takes a back seat and the other character comes forward.
0: So where is the peated single malt in this blend coming from?
1: This is not peat. Not peat, from no. the water source. This is, this, this is a, we don't use peated whiskies within this one. Oh, wow. Uh, so I, you know, I believe that the smoke that you're getting within this is the age. And, time and, in the barrel. And we're using a you know, second fill now, sherry cask. So there's okay. still some of that smoke available uh, to the whiskey. Uh, but there's no pita whiskey, Jekyll in there.
0: Do you guys do any recharring of casks? Of course.
1: okay. Yeah. okay. At, all of our, at all of our distilleries, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we absolutely do that. Amazing. Um, with, while you guys sip on this, uh, speaking of the stories I was talking about, can I tell you a quick story about, do I have time to tell a story about yeah. Tommy? Yeah. So Tommy Dewar, if you guys are really interested in the history of whiskey, or the history of, you know, a lot of these barons of whiskey, I should say. Tommy Dewar was this really incredible individual. And I always said, if there's a, there a GQ magazine in nineteen early 1900s, Tommy Dewar would have been on this thing month after month. So his brother started Aberfeldy. And they started to see some traction within using Aberfeldy. The blended whiskeys were seeing some popularity. People were moving away from, sing- or from drinking sherry and cognac, or excuse me, sherry and Irish whiskeys, or cognac and Irish whiskeys, to drinking blends. And his son, Tommy, joined the company in his early 20s. And he said, all right, well, let's bring this around the world. Let's get the world drinking Dewar's whiskey. So he's a very ambitious individual. And his brother said, all right, Tommy, we like your entrepreneurial spirit, but you're still a young boy. I'm gonna set you up with two calls. Uh, We're gonna send you down to London. You know, London's like very difficult to sell Scotch at this point because they're rectifying stuff and the other things. But he's like, okay, thanks for setting me up. I'm gonna go down. I believe even his mom went with him, Jane. They go down, visits the first guy, He's dead. (laughs) And Tommy's like, okay, well, on to the next one. Second guy's bankrupt. So his brother didn't set him up with the best start ever to get doers popular. Tommy's entrepreneurial spirit and advertising genius and acumen really started to kick in. We've got a quote from Tommy in the the mid-1900s. And he says, if you do not advertise, you'll fossilize. He said this well before Hollywood was founded, well before any other spirits brands like Coca-Cola or Pepsi are doing any advertising. Honestly, I always said if there was a Twitter account back, like you could have Twitter back then, Tommy would have had 100,000 followers easily. He was a very smart man. And so what he did is like, all right, what can I do to market this whiskey? So what he did is he'd go into the pubs and he'd be like, I'd like doers, please. They'd be like, we don't have doers, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, so he'd be like, all right, fine. He'd go to the next pub, the next pub, the next pub. Then he'd go to a dozen pubs a day asking for doers and nobody would have it. So he said, okay, I'm going to take the money that my brother gave me and I'm going to hire people. And he just sent people in left and right to go ask for doers. And oh, suddenly geez. orders started to come in. So he's like, all right, I'm getting a little groundwork here. And that groundwork slowly took off to where Tommy even had his second office outside of Scotland built on the Thames River. And to commemorate this office, his advertising genius then once again kicked in. And he established the world's first ever largest lighted sign of over 4, 4,100 drinking lights of a Scotsman on the Thames River. And when the lights blinked, looked like he was toasting the boats as they drove by, with his kilt waving in the air, pissing off everyone in London, but certainly making them known that doers had arrived. He then moves into the Savoy Hotel in London and lived there for thirty years. Wow. <laughs> Him and Oscar Wilde, you could imagine the stories that these two individuals would have to say which is why folks there at Dandelion uh, Dan there are happy to have Dewar's Cocktail still in the menu as a, as a toast to Tommy. Tommy then says, okay, at this point, Tommy's getting some success, and he says, all right, let's go on a journey. I'm going to go on a sales trip. And he has a samples of Dewar's Whiskey, he goes on a two-year sales trip around the world. And in this time, he appoints 20, he goes to 26 different countries, and he appoints 32 new agents and importers for Dewar's Whiskey, and his brother's like, okay, have all the money you want. You're doing a great job. Go wherever you need to go get some business drummed up for us. And that's exactly what it does. He's getting all these salesmen established around the world, but he loves the United States when he gets here on his way over to the United States. He's like, Oh, what can I do here? He's on his boats and he's writing notes. If you find this note, write us at Dewar's we'll send you a case of Dewar's whiskey, putting in (laughs) his empty sample bottles, putting a cork on it and tossing it over. Not exactly green effort by today's standards, but very, very much entrepreneurial by then. But he gets to the United States. And obviously, this is around 1890s. He's got a ton of entrepreneurial spirit going on. You got Andrew Carnegie doing his thing. You got the Lipton's doing their thing. And a lot of buzz here. And he loves it. He gets on trains. And Tom was the kind of guy that, he was the kind of guy that could afford a black car, but he preferred the street train, the street car. You know what I mean? He wanted to just really experience what it likes. And in his book, he wrote a book called A Ramble Around the Globe which you can still find copies of. I'll warn you, it's not exactly PC by today's standards, uh, but by those standards then, it was really amazing book to read because people weren't traveling like Tommy was at the time. But he becomes great friends with these very powerful individuals, some of them fellow Scotsmen like Andrew, and discovers that some Americans in very powerful positions love drinking American whiskey. And he's got, his goal in mind is to get them drinking Scotch. He obviously leans on some of these relationships to help get these whiskeys in, in the hands of these powerful people. And he goes back to scotland after having visited there with a big new entrepreneurial spirit to get a lot of things done in america and eventually a letter comes from his good friend andrew carnegie and it says tommy my good friend would you please send me a keg of your lovely whiskey i'd love to have it sent to the executive mansion in dc where president harrison is a whiskey drinker clearly tommy's excited and a keg of whiskey set sail to the united states held at customs for a little bit of time from what i understand because customs officials probably like why is there a whiskey from another part of the world going to the president? You know, we've got whiskey here. But thanks to the powerful folks that were handling this whiskey, it made its way. And then we don't know who did this. We believe that perhaps it was Tommy. Our archivist, Jackie Sargent, believes that perhaps it was Tommy. But the public got wind of this and the press got wind of this. And they questioned the president's patriotism from a press perspective. But when they released the articles questioning this patriotism, you probably can guess what happened after that. They are like, well yeah yeah if he's willing to put that patriotism on the line it's probably pretty damn good and they went out and they bought it by the bucket loads when Dewar's was launched in 1899 it quickly became the whiskey your grandfather drank you know what I mean that's right and that's what makes it so cool that those folks questioning that patriotism that were like that's probably pretty good we should try it Mm -hmm. is that's why it became so popular in the U.S. that's why Dewar's has that Americana here and then during Prohibition, Tommy's relationship with the Kennedys, which were agents of doers, ensured that when those repeal day bell rang, the first scotches hitting American soil were flooding with doers' whiskeys. So Tommy was a damn genius. And it gets cooler. One last story I'll tell you, and I encourage you to YouTube this. YouTube a commercial called Doers at Scotch. Tommy was an early, uh, early, obviously, effort in advertising. And print advertising was something that he did a lot of. And it wasn't just today gra- made, made by graphic design. It was artists creating beautiful paintings. And one of the artists that Tommy worked with is a guy named by the name of Jeffrey Squire. And uh, what he did, it's like Norman Rockwell-ish looking paintings, really beautiful, ornate paintings. And one of them that was made quite famous was one that was done in the 1918s. And it was uh, three Scotsmen kind of painting, depicting that they're reaching out of a painting, trying to grab a gentleman's doer's whiskey that he's enjoying at a chair. Now, Tommy then went on to say, you know, I'm going to recreate that. And in 1898, he commissioned a company, a theater company in New York called the Edison Company to recreate this. Now, when you watch it on your phones or on your computers, this will just look like three Scotsmen in their kilts dancing around ridiculously with a sign that says John Dewar and son's behind it. So Tommy created the first commercial for a drink product ever in 1898, but he didn't stop there. He had it projected on the Pepper building in Herald Square. And for weeks, this would loop and he'd throw parties on the top of this building and people would want to know... Who is Tommy? What is Dewar's? Why is this commercial playing? And I've got to try this stuff. And he just had this entrepreneurial spirit that I was just so incredible. And that's the tip of the iceberg with Dewar's. So, early when I was talking about how much I love good whiskey over great stories, and I love being an ambassador because kind of a rack and tour job, Dewar's is just a cool whiskey. You know it what is- I mean? It's made well because of double aging. We use some nice whiskeys in it. And we've got the history that just makes it even that much cooler. And this 25 is amazing. What do you guys think of this 25? Yeah. Nice. Quite exclusive. Yeah, well, I mean, happy holidays to that, right? You know I mean? Cheers. It's good whiskey to share over there, I might say, you know? Cheers to all yeah. of you.
0: Thanks for coming out for Whiskey Society tonight, Thanks, guys. Thanks, y'all, for coming. So long really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan, executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide Soc. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking,